Good afternoon and welcome to the Dad Whisperer. I am your host, I am Dr. Michelle Watson, and it is such a joy and such an honor to have this time together with you to talk about something that is so near and dear and deeply tucked into my heart, which is the relationship between fathers to their daughters. And as you found out, and you well know, if you have sons and daughters, many of the things that you do with one work with the other. Not the activities maybe so much, but at a heart space, you as a dad pursuing the heart of your kids works either way, right? The same things that happen in you translate to both genders. Because this is all about taking the time to set aside intentional, focused listening time because I want to fill up your fathering toolbox with tools that actually work. So you know the drill by now. You know the format. It's on your mark, get set, go. So every week, I'm going to give you the topic that's on your mark. You as dads are standing there on a line getting ready to run the race. Think of me as your coach because you're the one running. I want you to win. And I'm standing there giving you pointers to better run your race. That's the topic each week. Get set. I'm going to fill it in with stories, with practical application, ideas that you can choose from, give you ways to make the concept each time make more sense so it moves from your head to your heart and go every single week I'm going to give you an action step. So sometimes I'm going to be talking about what to do to sharpen your fathering skills and other times like today I'm going to be talking more about what not to do. Okay so before you turn me off you might be like oh my word there's another woman telling me what not to do. No 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 hang in there I'm your ally I promise and really think about sports. Okay think about any sports team you've ever been on, don't you have to have both good offense and good defense to win? I mean, obviously you do, right? It's the same with fathering. You've got to know what to do, what not to do, when to back off, when to run forward. And I know that none of your kids came with a playbook, but I'm going to help you write one. That's how this works, is you're going to get the credit for how you played the game. I know it's not a game, but for this analogy, you understand what I mean, okay? So here's the deal. Today, we're going to be talking about this concept of sticks or stones. You've all heard the nursery rhyme, I'm sure it goes without saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Okay, seriously, how insane is that statement? Sticks and stones may break my bones. Okay, that part's true, but words will never hurt me. And I I just was looking on the internet to find out the origin of that. Sounds like it came in the late 1800s. And obviously it was designed to try to have kids brush off the things that are said to them that, that a parent or an adult doesn't want them to take to heart. But you guys know as well as I do that it's really hard to take back words that have been spoken, right? And it has a lot to do with our brain. Our brain can't, our brain can't delete it can't take out. It can only override, just like a computer. It has to have a new program to override the old one. So here's the deal. Today, talking about sticks and stones, I really believe, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, that words stick. I want to give a different twist on that idea of sticks, is that words stick with us far more than physical hurts do, right? They last much longer. In fact, it reminds me of a conversation I had a few years ago with my friend Olivia, who's now 13, but when she was eight years old, she asked what I did for a living. And I thought, okay, how do I explain counseling and what I really do and getting in the trenches with people to an eight-year-old? So what I said to her is that I help people with their heart hurts. That's what I do. I help people with their heart hurts. And she looked at me, didn't miss a beat, and she said, heart hurts hurt more than physical hurts. Heart hurts hurt more than physical hurts. And I just said, 
How do you know this? She said, because I've had a lot of them. What a reminder that even at the young ages of your daughter's lives, their intuitive knowing is that they are picking up on what heart hurts feel like because they're happening to them. And I think sometimes adults, okay, maybe you've done this as a father, you think, she's only little, This it'll brush off, it'll roll over, it doesn't really matter. No, no, no. There's so much more depth to them. So think back to words maybe that were spoken to you by like a bully down the street or your dad when he was angry with you at the end of a long day or, you know, maybe it's a coach that noticed that you messed up or the girl who wouldn't go out with you and rejected you. Don't you remember those words? They stick with you long after they're spoken for years, often decades. So now today the theme, sticks and stones. Now I'm going to fill this in. That's what I'm doing right now. This is on. This is the, the part on your mark. There's the theme. Here's the the get set. We're getting more detail into what this concept is about so that you can move from your head to your heart. So I think about my mom has a story with her dad. So her dad, he was a farmer in Minnesota and really had a temper. And she, she tells me that she lived most of her life in fear of him. And she said that when she was learning to drive a car back in the early 50s, so she was in her teen years, she said that her dad was taking her out on these narrow roads through these back you know, hill country, farmland, rural areas of Minnesota. And she said to this day, and my mom is 80 years old now, she still believes that she's not a good driver because she said her dad's voice is still ringing in her head telling her that she has a, quote, lead foot. Here they're spoken, you know, 65 years ago, and she still remembers them to this day. Right? Words stick long after they're spoken. Let me tell you another one about me and my dad. And I'm going to have my dad on the program here before the end of the year. But my dad said to me some words that stuck. So I was about 24 years old. I was living back at home. And I'm telling you, this was not a happy time for Michelle Watson. A lot of my stuff was coming up. I was struggling with an eating disorder. Um, And a lot of that unrest deep down in my gut, in my soul, would spill out into relational dynamics, which I'm sure you have experienced with your daughter, right? And oftentimes, dads are helpless to know what to do, and that's where the anger comes out. So that day, I'd been making this craft project, and in my dramatic firstborn way God made me self, with but woundedness in there that had always gunked up, I finally said out loud, I got mad at God. And I said, God, why do I even ask you for help? Because you don't help me anyway, which triggered my dad to immediately weigh in, say something, and what he said is, Ah, God ought to strike you dead, Michelle, for saying that. Because God ought to strike you dead. Can you believe that? Well, it was only about, because that stuck with me and translated to what I really believed about God as a father, that he would strike me dead. And probably about maybe three years ago, my dad and I pulled that book off the shelf and I opened it up and I said, Dad, do you remember that story? And I said, where do you think that came from? And he said, like, for me to believe that God would strike me dead. And he said, you probably got that from me. Because he said, truth is, being raised as a Catholic boy, what I always believed, what I was told or it was implied was that if I ever walked in the door of a Protestant church, that God would strike me dead. So he said, you know, I just pass that message right on to you, like not even filtering it. And let me tell you a couple other stories where dad's words stick, right? feels like a stone being thrown, and that the words stick and hurt. And this one 
was is from one of my friends named Ashley. She lives in Colorado. And she said when she was in about sixth grade, she, in fact, she just told me the story last week and gave me permission to share it. But she said she prayed to God that they could have a snow day the next day. She said, God, that would be the best present. I could stay home from school and play in the snow. And she said, the next day, that exactly happened. Snow day off of school. And her dad said to her, who do you think you are to think that the God of the universe would listen to the prayer of a 12-year-old little girl who wants snow? And he told her, basically, don't be thinking you're all that. And just last week, as a woman now in her 40s, she said, that stuck. And we had an awesome time to take that woundedness to God as a father. And he met her in that and reworked that for her. And I'm not saying that everything is a pat answer and a quick fix, but what a beautiful part of the process I got to be in to help that get reworked. And I checked in with her just yesterday, and she said, all week, the new reframe, the new healing with my Abba Father God has helped with that. So here's the deal. Today we're talking about on your mark, sticks and stones, that words do hurt and stick. I'm filling it in now, but I don't only want to give you the negative stories. That's not going to help, is it? Nah, I want to help you be equipped as a dad to also be inspired to do it right because you're hearing stories about dads that do it right. And if you're just joining us today, my name is Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm the dad whisperer, a friend that in Chicago gave me that name, Chris Fabry. Not one I came up with, but it really stuck. And I'm author of Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. And if you want more resources, you can go to my website, drmichellewatson.com where I've got every other week Dad Daughter Friday blogs you can, san- you can sign up for, you can download things off, off my website that you can put into your hands, Dad, to take positive, intentional, and consistent action with your daughters. And if you want to write me and tell me stories of things that are working with your daughters, send me selfies, send pictures, or if you want to ask questions, or if you want to just say, Michelle, could you address this on the air? Let's keep the conversation going. Just write me at Michelle at thedadwhisperer.com. Because I want to keep this going, this conversation. So now I want to switch the tone, dads, and tell you some stories of dads that have gotten it right, where the words stuck with their daughters in positive ways. And I opened up this conversation this past week with people on Facebook. And here's the question that I put out on social media. I put this on Twitter. I put it on Instagram. I put it on Facebook. You can go to my Dr. Michelle Watson Facebook page and, and see some of this. But I wrote this question, girls? What has your dad said to you that has stuck with you, words you've never forgotten, that have breathed life into you, that have built your confidence and helped you believe in yourself? And then I put in parentheses, if you write a response, I'll take it as you giving me permission to quote you. And the story started pouring in. It's been really awesome to hear what dads have done right that have stuck long after dad has even been on this earth. In fact, I was amazed at how many women wrote me whose dads are no longer living and talking about the impact of their words. Okay, you're going to love these stories. I promise you. They were so heartwarming to me. And as a dad, if you want ideas, maybe you didn't have a dad who modeled to you how to be an intentional and consistent and dialed-in dad, and you need stories of other dads who are doing it right. Maybe it's too hard to go to one of your friends and go, can you give me an idea? Well, that's what I'm here for. I promise you, as the dad whisperer, I want to come alongside you, and I'm not shouting at you, but I'm whispering in your ear from behind going, go do this. Go say that. She's going to love it. You're going to watch her heart open up. So I want to tell you the story about my friend Gina. 
And she's in her 50s. Her dad's no longer living. And here's what she said. My dad once told me that I light up a room. Isn't that awesome? She said, I've never forgotten it. Look, at in her 50s, I've never forgotten that my dad told me that. She said, he also told me that I was as beautiful as my mom. And she said, she was a knockout. And I knew that he thought that she was the most beautiful woman in the world. And I've never forgotten that either. I'm giving you a hint, dads. Your daughters love the word beautiful. Even more than pretty, cute, you look nice. When you use the word beautiful, you help your daughter see herself in your reflection. My friend Rhonda, she's in her 40s, and here's what she said is, when I was 21, I stopped by my parents' house. So look at this is half a lifetime ago. She said, I stopped by my parents' house, and they had the Miss America pageant on TV. And my dad said, here's the quote, you're way prettier than any of those girls. She said, I told him he was crazy, but he said, nope, I'm serious. And she said, my dad thought I was pretty, and that meant something to me. And she said, probably that same year, I got my first real office job in a bank in downtown Portland, Oregon. And she said, my dad came down to take me to lunch and to see me. And she said, I was sitting behind this huge mahogany desk with a marble top, and he kept telling me how proud I was. I loved her last line. She said, I think he thought I was the bank president. Isn't that awesome? Okay, listen to what my friend Kippy said. She's also in her early 50s. Her dad is also not living anymore. But she said, my dad fought for me when he knew I needed a stable home with love. And she's talking about her, her, her dad who adopted her. So he wasn't even her biological dad. But she says, he knew I needed a stable home with love. And all he had to do was be in the room with me. And I believed I could do anything. When your dad fights for you, she said, he is your hero. Isn't that awesome? Oh, I love these stories. Oh, I, have, I think I even have more than I have time to talk about today, but I'm going to squish in as many as I can. Now listen to what my friend Hannah said. If, you, if you've got daughters that are younger, here's, here's what Hannah said. She's in her late 20s. And she said, I just got this text from my dad randomly, and it made me feel so loved. It meant the world that he sent it because he sent it, quote, she said, just because. And she sent me a screenshot of what he texted her. Here were the words. I was just praying for you and wanted you to know that I'm so proud to be your dad. And you bring such pleasure to me as your father. I love you, Hannah. Isn't that awesome? Listen to what Melissa said. She's in her late 50s. When I was with my dad, I believed that I was the most important person in his life. See, he he gave her his attention. And she said, although I was one of six kids, I knew he loved my mom more than life. He was the person who, by his actions, taught me that unconditional love looked like he made it look. She said, although he's no longer here on earth, I cannot wait to run into his arms when I get to see him in heaven. Isn't that awesome, awesome, awesome? Another one of my friends said, my dad told me, he said, he was always the driver, and he told me, you are the best driver. And she said, coming from my dad, that's the highest compliment I could ever give. Are you seeing the theme here? That it's dads that notice things that their daughters are doing right and then applauding it. It's noticing little things about her beauty or her being pretty and you highlight it and you note it and it sticks. I loved how one of my friends said, my dad wasn't perfect, but I never doubted his love for me. His parents didn't show love very well. So he hadn't been taught how to show love. But I love this line. She said, I think my mom helped him become a loving father. 
So you moms who are listening today, I want you to hear from my heart to yours that you are a key as well to the whole. Look at how she said, my mom helped my dad become a loving father. She said, I think a wife can play an important role in a man becoming a good dad to a daughter. Oh, oh, I love these stories. Okay, I'm going to keep going because I want you guys to hear that my heart as the dad whisperer is to share things from other women, sometimes they're from my life, where dads got it right. Listen to what Kathy in her 50s said. I always, always felt adored by my dad. She said, I didn't mean that, I'm not saying there wasn't discipline. It just meant that his words and his actions matched. She said, I remember one time in high school, I was having trouble with a boyfriend. And she said, he said, I don't ever want you to be a doormat to someone. She said, at the time, I wasn't recognizing that this boyfriend wasn't treating me correctly. But did you notice how her dad spoke truth into her? He didn't just go after the boy. Like, what are you, what, what are you doing with him? She said, you deserve someone who doesn't treat you like a doormat. And she says, once my dad spoke this truth to me, it carried with me forever. Now, you got to listen to this, you guys. She said, my dad is now 97, and we continue to have a very special relationship. Oh, 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 I love that. Okay, listen to this one by Jen in her 30s. She said, I was an 18-year-old girl who had to tell her dad I was pregnant. She said, I was so scared. I was afraid he would be disappointed in me and upset. Maybe some of you have lived that story. Or... You're afraid that you're going to be living that story where your daughter comes and tells you that she's pregnant. Listen what this dad did. He said, I love you, and we'll talk more when I get home. (laughs) She called him. She said, I immediately started to cry. I felt such mercy from him. He was not the most verbal person, especially when it came came to feelings. But when he reacted that way, she said, I felt a safety from him that I had never felt before. And then she ended by saying, I love you are such huge words when they're sincere. Oh, I love that. Okay, listen to another story of a dad whose words have stuck with his daughter. Today's theme, sticks and stones, because words do stick, right? They stick, whether positive or negative, long after a dad is on earth. Those words that you speak to breathe life into the core of who she is, stick with her. Okay, listen what Emily said. And she's been without her dad for about almost two years now. She said, he always called me sissy love, even when he was an adult. She said, it was such a sweet name to me because I knew he cherished me. And she said, my father and I had many deep faith-filled talks as I grew up. Are you guys catching that? It's important as a dad to say, even if you don't know how to have that conversation. I've talked about some of that in my book. Dad, here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. I even have something on my website, drmichellewatson.com, of how to lead your daughter spiritually. And she said, I grew up and now I cherish those faith-filled talks. She said, we didn't always have outings like dad-daughter outings, but she said, when I was a preteen, he took me to the park and we'd sit at a picnic table and discuss life. And I've never forgotten that. Oh, I love these stories. Oh, my word, I have more than I can tell. Let me tell you about Tate. I want to give you a flavor of another younger daughter. She's just about 20 years old, and here's what she said. My dad always tells me that he's proud to be my dad. She said, also, every morning when he would get me up in high school, he would say a blessing over me, which he occasionally texts me now that I'm in college. Isn't that awesome? And he quoted right out of the book of Numbers 6, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May he guide your paths and wrap you in his arms of love and keep you safe today. So a little variation on on that scripture, but beautifully said. And he said, they're simple, but they make me feel value and loved. And the last story I want to tell you is about Tina, who is in her mid-50s. And she said, sadly, I don't remember words that, that stuck with me that were good. I only remember words that broke me down. But listen to the resilience here in her voice. She said, my dad said negative things to me, but I knew he loved me. He just had no idea how to communicate his love. I think he was a great dad, despite his lack of good verbal communication. Did you hear that? I think he was a good dad. So she's now in her 50s, reflecting back, and says, he didn't abuse me for one, which is really huge. And she put an exclamation point, but she says his words were hurtful, but tempered and not angry. Now, the reason I'm reading you that story in the middle of these positive ones is I want you dads to hear how often your daughter, in the depths of her being, whether you know it or not, wants to give you the benefit of the doubt, that you didn't mean it exactly that way, or or that you you really do love her despite saying words that hurt. I think that's important for you to know. So when I just this week was preparing for this program, I read through Matthew 18, and I love how the Holy Spirit sometimes points out something that you haven't seen before. That's what happened to me this week. Because I think of Matthew 18 as the forgiveness chapter, right? But here's what I noticed, and it was how the chapter starts, because there's something before we get to the forgiveness directives, right? About if someone has you know, caused you pain, go to them and see if they'll forgive you. But verse 1 is where begins where Jesus says that someone came up and said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he was standing there among adults, and he called a child, it says a little child, to come over. And Jesus said in verse 2, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the three words that jumped out to me were change, become like little children, and humble. And I believe that's a template for you as dads when you need to make amends for words that have stuck with your children, your daughters and your sons, that have impacted them. Because here's the thing about most children, as you heard in Tina's stories, is they tend to want to easily forgive and not hold grudges. When it happens hurt after hurt after hurt, year after year, the walls go up, and that's where bitterness stays in there. But under all of that, when you come and are willing to change course, maybe you haven't done that before. God is saying, Jesus is saying, that you need to become like a little child and humble yourself And that that is the precursor to asking forgiveness. Because I really believe that that aligns with the heart of God in Malachi 4, 6. That if the hearts of fathers turn to their children, that he won't come and strike the land with a curse. So that the benefit of asking forgiveness of your children is that it allows for a heart-to-heart exchange. Isn't that awesome? Truth? Oh my word, I love the word and when it applies practically to the things in our lives. So follow that directive, Dad. Be willing to change Come like a little child to your children. And what that means is that you come humble. You're not making excuses or defending why you did or said what you did, but you're coming and you're saying, forgive me. So today, the theme on your mark is sticks and stones. I've just given you the get set, fill it in part. And now I'm going to end with the action step. Here's the go. Here's the way you can put that into action is I want to encourage you as you're 
wanting to understand how your words have impacted your daughter or your son, but I'm talking about daughters here specifically, so I'm using the pronoun she, is here are two questions that I want you to ask your daughter or your son this week. What words, number one, have I spoken to you that have stuck with you that have made you feel good about yourself? And number two, what words have I spoken to you that have stuck with you that have made you feel bad or worse about yourself? You got it? So if you can do it in the next 24 hours, that's the best. So you don't forget, but you've got a week here between now and next Monday to ask your daughter, what words have I spoken with to you that have stuck with you that have made you feel good about yourself? And what words have I spoken to you that have stuck with you that have made you feel bad or worse about yourself? It's never too late, Dad, to put current truth into the place where the hurt has been because you're overriding the old messages in her brain, even if you didn't mean them when she was little. And I've had dads do this now for seven years, and oftentimes they say, I don't even remember saying that. But they get to make amends in the present. So let me know how that goes. Those conversations with your daughters and your sons, I want to hear about them. Write me at drmichelle at thedadwhisperer.com. Go to my website, drmichellewatson.com. Find more resources. There's a link to my book. And if you missed some of the program or you've missed past episodes, you can go to my website, drmichellewatson.com. You can listen online and they're going to be there because I want you to know that I'm your ally as the dad whisperer and I'm cheering you on. Go dads.